A guy was walking downtown one day, and he was in a rather large city. As he's walking downtown, he, uh, you know, doing a little window shopping, you know, looking at all the stores and the windows and what's displayed there, and he's walking along, and he comes to a, uh, a tattoo shop, and he looks in this tattoo shop, and he's, he sees in there the various tattoos that are available. You know, you can get a tattoo on your on your arm, your neck, your, your shoulder, your calf, your ankle, your leg, or, you know, wherever you like, uh, you get a tattoo of a, a, an anchor or a rose or a mermaid, a flag, kind of a cross, kind of whatever, and any custom-made uh, tattoo that you would want. As he continues to look in the display window, he sees a tattoo of three words, born, to lose. Born to lose. Well, he looks at that tattoo and he's, he catches him by surprise. And so he decides to enter into the tattoo shop and he points to that particular tattoo and that phrase, born to lose. And, and he says to the tattoo artist, does anybody ever get that tattoo applied to their body? And, and the tattoo artist says, well, occasionally, once in a while, I can't believe it. I can't believe anybody in their right mind would have that tattooed to their body. The tattoo artist taps his forehead and says, before tattooed on body, tattooed on mind. Interesting. Before tattooed on body, tattooed on Mind. What do you have tattooed on your mind? How do you view yourself? Today is week two in this uh, series that we're engaged in, Treasured and Priceless. Uh, it's a series that piggybacks off of our Vacation Bible School theme this week. We started last Sunday with a true view, having a true view. And how do you have a true view of you? You have God's view of you. And a true view starts with acknowledging that you are fearfully and wonderfully made. That's who you are. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. And, and just as the Mona Lisa in the Louvre in Paris, France by, by Leonardo da Vinci is a treasured, priceless, original masterpiece. So you are a treasured, priceless, original masterpiece. And so also, as we talked about last week, resist the temptation to compare yourself to others. You are fearfully and wonderfully made, so resist the temptation to compare yourself to others. Also, it's important for us to, uh, to acknowledge that this treasured, priceless, original masterpiece that is you and that is me is broken and marred. Not always so beautiful, affected by sin. And so, Recreation is what we need. Recreation is what we really need. Recreation is the only way to truly be you, to truly be you. And recreation is only possible from the inside out. Recreation is only possible by Jesus. 
2 Corinthians 5, the Apostle Paul writes to the early church Christians in Corinth, if anyone is in Christ and Christ is in that person and Christ is in him or her, if anyone is in Christ and Christ is in him or her, that person is a new person, old passed away, all things are new. All things are new. The true view of you is to realize you're fearfully and wonderfully made, to resist the temptation to compare yourself to somebody else, to realize that the, that the masterpiece that is you is broken and marred, and so, and so we need Jesus. And to have a true view, have a true view, a God view of you. And then today, part two, a true identity. A true identity. Let me ask you this morning, um, who are you? What is your identity? Henry Nouwen, a Roman Catholic priest, professor, theologian, author, brilliant, uh, in a message titled, Who Are We?, talks about five lies of identity. Five lies of identity. And I'll share them with you this morning. I, I also like to think of them as not only lies of identity, which they are, but also five traps of identity. Five traps that we can fall into. Number one, I am what I have. My identity is in my possessions. Car, clothes, retirement account. You know, my identity is in my possessions. I am what I have. Secondly, I am what I do. I'm identified, I'm defined by my job and my career. I am what I do. Uh, thirdly, I am what other people say or think of me. So other people uh, define my identity. Another lie. That, that's the third lie. Or trap that we can fall into is let other people identify our identity. Number four, I am nothing more than my worst moment. In other words, my worst moment identifies me. That's who I am. In my worst moment, my worst time, my worst season of my life, that's who I am. I am what my, uh, nothing more than my worst moment. And then fifthly, I am nothing less than my best moment. Like, whoa, you know, when I was riding high, my best moment, that's who I am. I'm nothing less than that. My best moment. Five lies of identity. Five traps that we can fall into regarding our identity. I'll add a sixth. This is not Henry Nouwen. I am what I feel. I am what I feel. My feelings define me. Lie, trap, fall into. Along with... I am what I have, I am what I do, I am what other people think about me, I'm nothing more than my worst moment, I'm nothing less than my best moment, and I am what I feel. So, in the first step to really understanding your true identity is to recognize and call out the lies. Recognize and call out the traps. Uh, what is your identity? 
Think about this. Uh, the Olympics are just coming to an end, and uh, maybe some of you have been tuning in. I haven't tuned in a whole lot, but I've been reading the you know, articles online, the newspaper, and keeping track. I'm like seeing some highlights, and it's been quite, quite the Olympics. There's been some great moments of victory and celebration, the thrill of victory, right? The agony of defeat in many ways. There's been some great American success stories, some golden moments, some moments of gold and glory. You know, just to, to name a few, you could add to those favorites that, that you have. Um, gymnast Sunissa Lee, swimmers Caleb Dressel and Katie Ledecky, um, the track star, 400-meter hurdles that I actually mentioned a couple weeks ago, Sydney McLaughlin ended up winning the 400-meter hurdle gold and in a world record time. Uh, the, the A team, the women's A team of beach volleyball, Alice and Alex, gold. You know, and so all of these moments of gold and glory. And, you know, I just, I just enjoy hearing the national anthem being played and, and the U.S. on the gold medal platform. I'm an American. We are Americans. And, and so that's kind of identity, right? That's identity. We have a, a, we're so blessed at Asbury because we have people who are originally from various countries around the world. We have people at Asbury from Ghana and Liberia and Ethiopia and Zimbabwe and Bulgaria and China and Canada. <laughs> And so that's countries that they uh, immigrated to, to America. That's part of their identity. So we, we have our identity in our nationality, in our race, in our ethnicity, in the color of our skin. We have identity in our gender, our job, our career, our political leanings, our political party. We have our identity in our social and economic status, our level of education, our marital status, our church status, what church or denomination we belong to, right? And the, all, all parts. But let me just say this, that those, all of those things, even though they are true and legitimate, are not our true identity. They are not our true core identity. In, in, in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, uh, it says this, So then, from now on, we regard no one, 2 Corinthians 5.16, So then, from now on, we regard no one from a worldly point of view. Though we once regarded Christ in this way, just as a worldly person, worldly man, rabbi, teacher, we once regarded Christ in this way, we do so no longer. I mean, Jesus blew that out of the water with his resurrection. No longer regard me in a worldly way as a teacher, rabbi, with his resurrection, blew that out of the water. So, so Paul is saying we don't regard anyone from a worldly point of view anymore. All of those associations that I referred to just now, our nationality and our race and our ethnicity, the color of our skin, our social and economic status, our job, our gender, our career, our political persuasion, our marital status, all of those things are not our true identity. All of those things 
we put way too much emphasis on. We lean into those, our true identity is our identity in Christ. The foundation and the linchpin of our identity is our identity in Christ. All of those other identities that we lead with, that we emphasize, that we value and that are part of it, right? But all of those identities that we have a tendency to put first are secondary. And they will all, at times, disappoint us and let us down and not satisfy and shift and change like sinking sand. The foundation and the linchpin of our true identity is our identity in Christ, period. If you are here this morning or if you're watching online and if you have put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, you believe and you just know that, that he lives inside of you, that, that Jesus died on the cross for your sins. You have this personal relationship with God in Christ. You know that he died for your sins. He rose again from the dead to give you new life and new power and new peace. Then you have a, a new, clear, solid, beautiful identity. And you are treasured and priceless. Last month, we did our series on freedom. And um, one Sunday, we talked about freedom over worry. We talked about freedom over guilt, freedom over worry, freedom over bitterness, freedom over fear. And the Sunday, we talked about freedom over uh, worry. I talked about uh, the Lion King and Hakuna Matata, right? Uh, maybe, maybe you were here for that day or watched online. And the Hakuna Matata is the no worries, a problem-free philosophy. Well, there's another scene in the movie Lion King where Simba uh, runs away because he believes he has caused the death, death of his father, Mufasa. And uh, Simba is the baby lion. He's going to be, be the, become the Lion King, but currently his father, Mufasa, is the king. And Mufasa dies, and Simba uh, runs away, and, and he runs into Rafiki. And Rafiki says to Simba, look into the water. And maybe you remember, will remember the scene. So uh, Simba looks into the water. And what does he see? Well, he, he sees uh, what he thinks is Mufasa. But it's really just a reflection of himself. And Rafiki says, look again, look Look more closely. And so he looks again. And again, he, he thinks he sees Mufasa, but it's really a reflection of himself. And then Rafiki says, you see, he lives inside of you. You see, he lives inside of you. And then Simba looks up into the clouds. He sees Mufasa. And then Mufasa disappears, and the sky echoes down. Remember who you are. 
remember who you are. He lives inside of you. Remember who you are. He lives inside of you. Remember who you are. To understand your true identity, it's important to remember who you are and who lives inside of you. And this is not just like, you know, okay, Lion King, you know, (laughs) a, a Disney animated film. This is scripture. Colossians 3.3, if you're on your outline, it's not 3.13, it's 3.3, says this, for you died and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. That's where you are. You're with Christ in God. And Galatians 2.20, one of my favorite uh, passages of scripture, I have been crucified with Christ and it is no longer I who live but Christ who lives in me. No longer me, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Christ in me. And then uh, 1 John 3, 1 says, um, see what great love the Father has lavished on us that we should be called children of God. And that is what we are, (laughs) children of God. So when you talk about what is your true identity, recognize the lies, traps. Uh, Recognize the foundation and the linchpin of your true identity is your identity in Christ. Thirdly, (laughs) remember who you are and, and who lives inside of you. And lastly, understand your value. Understand your value. Several years ago, there was an exclusive estate sale, an exclusive auction. And at this exclusive auction, the money bid for the objects was significantly higher than the real value of the objects. Here are a few examples from this estate sale. The winning bid for a rocking chair valued at three, four thousand dollars was four hundred and fifty-three thousand five hundred dollars. The winning bid for a used car, valued at somewhere in the range of eighteen dollars to $20,000, went for $79,500. The winning bid uh, for a necklace, valued at about five dollars or $600, went for $211,000, $211,500. Articles of common, ordinary value were, had, went for wildly inflated prices. Why? Some of you are with me, right? Because it was the estate, the estate auction 
of Jacqueline Kennedy Onassis, wife of assassinated President John F. Kennedy. The value <laughs> of those items auctioned, the value of the items auctioned was based on the one to whom they belonged. Did, did, did you catch that? The, the, the value of the object's auction was based on the one to whom they belonged. Why are you and I valuable because of whom we belong? Other people might see you as ordinary. You, you might appear ordinary to other people, but, but God sees you as one with ultimate value. Enough value to God that he would give his only son for you. He would give his only son on your behalf. That's God's statement of your value. And so you're not ordinary. You are extraordinary. Understand your value. What tattoo do you have on your mind? Who are you? What is your true identity? Recognize the lies and the traps of identity. Recognize that the, 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 the foundation, the linchpin of your identity is your identity in Christ. Remember who you are and who lives inside of you. And understand your value based on the one to whom you belong. Let's pray. Mighty and loving God, we thank you for valuing us. We thank you for creating us. We thank you for the new creation through your son, Jesus Christ, that is ours by faith and trust in you. I pray that you would help us today, everyone listening here, everyone listening online, to, to understand our true identity. Not to put first what is really secondary. Not to lead with something that is uh, secondary. What helps to help us to lead with our identity in your Son and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Lord, I pray that you would renew our minds. Help us to have a true view of ourselves, the, your view of us, and help us, O oh Lord, to have a true identity, to embrace that identity, to lead with that identity. And let that be our anchor and foundation. We thank you and praise you, God. And I pray this in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen.